Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we've got Rupert on, who is the MD of a digital first um, video marketing company. Hi Rupert. Hello, how you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm exceptionally well, thank you. I just uh, went for a meeting where I got to walk and it was very nice. It was by the canal, but um, some geese hissed at me, which is obviously a bit terrifying. <laughs> they are actually really terrifying, aren't they? It's like weird because it's like you, you've seen Hot Fuzz and it says like, yeah, you know, break a man's arm. And that's just going through <laughs> my mind. I'm kind of trying to sidestep them. But uh, but no, you know, it's, some, it's tough work, but someone's got to do it. So. <laughs> so should we jump straight in there? Do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do, Rupert? Yeah, sure. So um, just literally just over five years ago, uh, I founded a video production company um, with the objective to make the best possible uh, video content for online and for socials. Um, like advertising has drastically changed over the past sort of 15, 20 years or so um, with the way people consume media changing, you know, hugely. Um, and it used to be that you could make like one video a year and it was a tv ad and it was beautiful and it cost millions of pounds and but now you know you need to be making much more content as a brand the, the kind of parameters are very different the platforms are different um and as a result we've kind of built a business out of you know offering the content for those platforms and, and ensuring it's properly optimized and all the rest of it so how did this how did this start how did this come about we did you have a background in sort of making videos or yeah so um i have always started businesses kind of since i was a kid um then i started a business with my mum renting out nerf guns or nerf blasters for kids parties <laughs> oh, cool. uh, when i was 16 and and i made this kind of like youtube channel to promote the brand or to promote you know the the, the services we were providing um some of those videos sort of went viral or, or viral as it was back then um, we've got a couple million views and, and they were all about like, you know, literally just like reviewing Nerf guns and doing fake Nerf wars and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and quite quickly, I realized I really enjoyed just the filmmaking aspect. So I kind of thought, right, I want to be a film director. This is going to be amazing. Um, I got really into filmmaking and spent very little time then at sick form uh, and was just out kind of making films with my mates. Um, I then made a film that went to Cannes Film Festival, um, oh, wow. the Film Corner, uh, and I was super, super excited about it. And then I went and I actually hated the environment and it just wasn't what I was hoping for. Oh. Because um, I sort of had this idealistic idea of the film industry that it would just be all these people sitting around that want to make creative stuff and, and that's all they want. And that actually it was very corporate and very kind of professional as it were um and very finance driven so then i made a documentary where i longboarded across america from la to new york with some friends uh, and i finished that and i was like um you know that this is unbelievable i've really 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 loved the experience and then went on to the documentary about hitchhiking from the top of india to the bottom <laughs> um and i realized actually if i could just make these kinds of like video content for youtube and for online for a living then i'd be having a great time mm. um so then I kind of decided to start a company off the back of that um, to try and provide the best video for digital possible. You know, when I when I started, I didn't fully understand it. It was just like, I want to make videos with my mates. And then we kind of quite quickly realized there's a gap in the market and there was a particular need. And, you know, we kind of grew up from there, really. I find this world of, of digital marketing really interesting because it's evolving 
every day really isn't it and it becomes more and more complex there's more and more things you have to think about is that something that you know you're constantly learning in this role yeah absolutely absolutely i think that like it used to be that the highest paid creative in the room had the best ideas and that was just how it worked Mm. but now increasingly stuff is being led much more by data which therefore means it's being led more by platforms and by audiences which is which is difficult because it means stuff changes so as you say kind of so quickly so yeah stuff's changing constantly all the time and to keep up with is really tough and you know 80 percent of it i can't keep up with which is why thank god i've got got such a brilliant team who work in different areas or specific you know specifically look at different platforms or whatever else um but yeah it's it's changing a lot and that's bringing a lot of opportunity and is is very very exciting i think we come from a very similar sort of generation and for us we've seen you know the kind of the start of youtube if you like you know way back in the early 2000s um and now digital video you've got all these social medias with their own sort of video platforms um it's just exploded hasn't it it's, it's it is a whole industry within itself yeah yeah literally it's it's amazing what it's built out of i mean you've got you know 17 year olds making millions of pounds all over the world from generating this content you know and i don't know if this is a, a positive thing or an omen for for what is going to be the apocalypse but you know in in china like the number one um or also i believe is the number one like wanted or most aspired to role is uh, is an astronaut but in the uk it's it's youtuber so um oh, <laughs> not good inspiration but but no it's an it's an entirely different different playing field and you've got yeah you've got as i said so many different platforms so many different creators and brands are constantly trying to work out how they can kind of authentically fit into the picture so for someone thinking about getting into the digital marketing space and specifically creating digital uh, first video content is there anything you'd recommend maybe studying at university or is this something you can do by learning online or any other ways yeah certainly so I, i personally didn't go to university um and i am personally you know not not the biggest fan of it. So I think I'm the worst person to speak to in that aspect as I'm a little biased, but I I think that for me, this industry is all about portfolio. You know, for me, when we're hiring new people, I don't care about what degree you got or where you got it from or whatever else. I really just want to see what you've made. And to to an extent, it doesn't matter, you know, who you are or you know what you've done previously if you i don't care if you've been in you know in industry for 15 years but your show role and, and portfolio is terrible then then we wouldn't be interested but if you're you know 17 years old 18 years old and you've just been making stuff at school for the past two years and it's all you know really interesting and, and really well made and you can see that you know development then that's really exciting so i think it, it yeah i think it kind of varies from person to person but i'd certainly say like get out and make stuff you know make fake spec ads make short films make if you want to get into content creation then the simplest way is to just make really good content um and we've got a couple of people here at the company that have done stuff like that we had a girl um here called tiffany she's an absolutely brilliant creative um and she as she was kind of graduating from university she lives in hong kong uh made a pitch video for us to try and show why she should um you know make like work with us and and told us a bit about her and the video was absolutely brilliant um and she's now working here full time and, and that was just entirely 
cold and, and but if you know if that had just been an email with a cv in it i, I don't think she would have had you know a, a chance but her work is brilliant and it was really obvious from that and and that's that's a couple of people have done that i think we've had three or four people join the business from from that from just making video content for us and sending us some other stuff and, and that's how they've joined and they've been people straight out of university or they dropped out of university so so yeah i i love that because it's great to hear from an employer um uh, that kind of opinion and that i'm with you on university personally you know besides sort of you know going into medicine or something like that where a degree really is crucial i think there is so many better ways you can sort of learn or show your skill set than going to university and just simply putting it on a cv because you don't really stand out anymore you know everybody does that we talk on here a load about what you can do to go the extra mile and how to stand out and that is such a good example of that yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. Totally agree. It, it, I, I always found it very frustrating growing, growing up because I, because my, my parents or in particular my dad really wanted to funnel me into that realm. He really mm-hmm. wanted me to go to university and I really struggled with the, that kind of system. I really didn't like it. Um, and so, yeah, I ended up kind of persuading my parents that I could take a gap year and then I would go back to university afterwards and okay. obviously... I'm still on my gap year and my God, it's been a great eight years, but, um, <laughs> you know, but, but, but yeah, I think, I think that it's, it's a real shame because I think that the way it's sold to young people is entirely unfair, unless it's obviously, as we said, something that's very academic based, based, or if people need it to sort of, you know, have a good time and build their confidence and work out what they really want to do. But I think, yeah, often people are kind of really missold that, oh, go to go to university and study film and you'll come out and you'll be able to get a job. Well, I just don't I just don't think that's the case. And second of all, I've actually weirdly seen friends of mine. And I know that there are both sides of this. And as I said, I'm very biased because I'm generally against it. But but I've, I've seen really good, talented friends of mine lose a lot of confidence because for some people, they go into a room of other people that do the same thing as them and it really inspires them and it gets them really excited. But for other people, you know, you take 50 filmmakers from around the country, all of which were at their respective schools and all of which were known for being filmmakers and were very excited about it and felt very unique. And you put them all together and sometimes it actually, I think, erodes people's confidence and makes them feel more insecure maybe about their work or what they should be doing or how to conform to that kind of where else the art is going. Yeah, that's so, a great point. Yeah, you don't really think about that, but that is very true, actually. Yeah, I think I think it really depends on the on the person. Some people thrive in that environment, and mm. they love having, walking into a room and seeing a load of people that do what they do, and it really excites them. And yeah, I think some people find it really difficult not to compare themselves and not to have their sort of confidence knocked because you're taking what makes somebody special and you're putting them in a room full of people that are the same, and then some people think, oh, well, maybe I'm not special. So yeah. Mm. So for anyone listening to this, you know, that wants to get into content creation or anything very similar to what you do, what are sort of three tips or three things they can work on skill set wise to make themselves stand out? Sure. So I think I think one would certainly be um, working out working out number one, where it is you want to go and what kind of company you want to go into. This wouldn't be a tip. This would be my sort of preface for it, because I think that. Uh, a lot of young people think that by making themselves as universally interesting as possible, they're so worried about closing off options that they make themselves kind of 
disinteresting for almost everyone or every potential employer. Mm. Um, so I think work out the kind of company, if you can, or just pick one, the kind of company you want to work at, the kind of stuff they're already making and try and understand them and align yourselves with that. So first of all, yeah, it's like industry research, you know, go away and watch videos and read articles and such about the industry so you can understand, you know, if you're going to one agency, who are their competitors? What kind of clients are they servicing? What kind of stuff are they making? What might they require you to do? So I think that'd be step one. Step two is then building a portfolio of work that supports that. So if you're going to work at a agency that makes social media adverts, or you want to be a designer at a company that design band posters or whatever, if you go to them with a, with a portfolio of work that reflects what they're making already, the odds are they're going to be a lot more impressed than if you go to a company that makes ads with a load of wedding videos. So that's, that's like a big thing I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the final thing, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We can go with two. <laughs> um, so I'm really interested in you created these amazing videos and those trips sound amazing. You go the American one and the Indian one. I mean, that must have been amazing. But how did you go from creating these videos and coming up with this content to then going, right, I'm now going to go and approach brands and big brands. You know, some of the people you work for are incredible um, and sort of, pitching to them i'm going to make your content for you yes so i think i got a bit of a head start because i had some of those projects were sponsored by brands and i spent like when i was in the america film i would spend like days just on the phone where i would like ring an adventure company i would ask to speak to the sales team because it was easy to get through put through to the sales team and i would say to the sales team i'm really sorry i was actually meant to be put through to the marketing team that would get put through to the marketing <laughs> Uh, and the sales team seemed to love wasting marketing teams time so it wasn't a problem at all um and then and then i'll get on the phone with them try and pitch them this project and what i was trying to do and how they could sponsor it and such and and that i did that for like you know a lot so i spent quite a lot of time speaking to brands um and yeah and i suppose it's literally just trying to get yourself out there it's going to networking events it's cold calling people it's cold emailing people it's trying to make friends with people it's trying to get people you know to introduce you to other people you know, and it, it just takes a lot. Um, any kind of communities you can tap into or that you're currently a part of that you can kind of maximize. And it unfortunately, it's it's kind of demoralizing at times, but it is just honestly a numbers game, sales. It's, you know, once you'll learn about refining your pitch and all the rest of it. But yeah, in terms of starting an agency, it's just, it's just going out there, speaking to as many people as you can. And realizing that like, as much as you might annoy people, people will find you at least mildly amusing. You're like young, you have relatively no idea what you're doing and you're just coming up with these big ideas. And I think people found that either kind of exciting and they wanted to work with me or kind of vaguely endearing and would be relatively polite to me. So, <laughs> you know, so, you know, like, oh, this guy's always doing, but God, he's got heart. Look at him go trying to talk to us. No, <laughs> I'll go back to my job. So um, talking yeah. about the uh, the sort of getting sponsors on your content, I think that's really interesting because I think a younger generation are looking at people like, I don't know, say Mr. Beast and, you know, people like David Dobrik and people like that. That is their entire model. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, they go to companies, they say, look, we're going to create this piece of content that's going to go viral. Um, we need you to sponsor it. Yeah, absolutely. But I think um, in their instance, it's less about, in terms of the pitch, it's less about the quality of the content for the brand and it's more about access to the audience. Okay. So, 
when you know a brand buys a, a video from you know do a brand partnership with Mr. Beast, that I don't think that as like oh my god, this video is going to look so cool and it's going to do this that, that and other for the brand. It's oh my god, it's going to reach these people and this number of people and that kind of thing. So, but it is it is certainly like a very similar similar sort of sort of approach and model. Um, and it's amazing to see those people do it at such a such a scale. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? But what we're saying is there's kind of two alleyways you can go down here. You know, the, the stuff you're creating is really brand focused and really high quality, um, whereas that is pitching to, you know, just a massive as many people as they can reach as possible. Mass marketing in a way. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah, it's, um, yeah it's, you know, we we want to make for me like we, we obviously started as a YouTube channel and I kind of had this thought in my mind that was like, it's crazy because like we're spending all this time making these videos and we're trying to make it to the highest standard possible, but they're worth very little money in terms of like YouTube monetization. It might be, you know, it might get a, a few hundred or a thousand pounds or whatever a month from that. And then we had a couple of sponsors every now and again too, mm. but, but you make a video for a brand and it might be worth a few thousand pounds and that's just for one video. So I kind of sensed that actually it would be a much longer shot in being successful with YouTube. Um, and it's going to be much, much more challenging. And I kind of felt actually that we could, we would be more likely to be successful and more likely to make more revenue if we, if we just kind of pitch directly to brands. Um, mm. made content. But, but they're certainly both kind of, you know, awesome avenues. I would, I would love to do, I would have a, a great time doing either to be honest. Mm. Um, so this might be a difficult question and certainly for you being MD, but what's an average day like in the world of uh, video content creation? Um, what in terms of, so in terms of my industry or in terms of for me personally, well, let's do both in terms of you personally and the industry. Um, so for me personally, it's, it's pretty massively varied based on what issues and problems we're facing. Um, so Friday is a good example. Um, like we, we were launching our new branding and our new website and such on, on, on Friday, which is very exciting. So I ended up being in the office really, really late Thursday night till, you know, the early hours or whatever to get all of that finished and sent off. Um, I was then at the office early Friday morning because we had a film shoot uh, filming on a fake uh, tube carriage for a vitamin brand uh, <laughs> cool. so here, here at the office early. Um, I then went to set and, and we directed, I directed it and we had about three shots to get. Uh, I then called uh the web guys and, and the guys working on that side of things to check in and then rush back to the office we then um all worked on me and the team then sat in that that team then sat in a meeting room and we just kind of smashed through all the elements we needed and got some videos exported and stuff and had those go out to the web designer um we then had a, a lunch well like a lunch and learn or like a, an education session for the team on, on digital advertising on social ads from somebody from google and they came into the office for the afternoon for a couple of hours uh, the website went live during that call and then that um then at the end of that we we then announced it to the team and showed them and we had some drinks um and and kind of went through um you know the new branding and said thank yous to the team and looked through some of the key work that had been done and congratulated them for that um yeah and and then and then got really drunk in the office and then went home so that was <laughs> pretty that was a pretty hectic you know 24 hours and within that i was speaking to clients or you know speak to other members of the team about stuff or signing stuff off in terms of creative mm -hmm. um 
and that's about the busiest time I've had in a long time. But but sometimes it's quite, you know, it can be a little bit calmer. Um, my time might be working with clients. It would be going out to shoots. It might be selling. Um, we just moved into a new office, so we've been doing a lot of work for that. So, yeah. but um, Very hectic. Very hectic. But I don't do the whole, like, oh, I'm a CEO and I wake up at five o'clock in the morning and read the news for three hours and then go, <laughs> go to the gym. Like I get in at, like, 10 a.m. every day. So... <laughs> Uh, and then I leave just a bit later or whatever, like six or seven in the evening. So, so yeah, I don't do all that kind of crap. But... Um, um, what about for somebody that's in the industry itself? Yeah, sure. So it depends on your role massively, but as a creator or as a creative, it will be um, editing videos, going out to set, uh, responding to client feedback. We've got a client in the office today, literally just in the meeting in the, in the edit suite next door to the meeting room I'm in, and and and, that, and she's come in to kind of work with the editors and get the kind of the video just how she'd like it. Um, it might be pitching. It kind of varies really. We're sort of at a scale now where we have different teams, and what mm. you do will massively depend, obviously, based on what team you're in. But people are more specialists. So the creative team is spending all day working on creative briefs, coming up with ideas, designing stuff, pitching it to clients. Um, the production team is spending all day filming and going out filming videos and editing videos. The producers are speaking to clients and organizing shoots and briefing the team. The sales team are ringing up potential clients all day and emailing people all day and, and, and chasing kind of leads down. So yeah, it massively depends on where you sit within the business, really. Mm. And what kind of personality traits do you think somebody within the creative space specifically, you know, if people are thinking they might not be setting up their own, you know, digital agency, but they want to make videos, they want to create content. What kind of personality traits do you think are sort of important for the, those kind of roles? Um, well, I think, I think it's nice because we have such a variation of personalities. You know, we've got introverted people, extroverted people, you know, all sorts of different types of people. Um, I think the common thread is that you need to be really driven because it's a very competitive space, super competitive. Mm. Um, and you need to be good at making stuff. So, and that's, that's honestly about it. I think, I think there are lots of other attributes that might help you or, or people might struggle with, but, but those would be the key ones. If you're good at making stuff and, and, and you're keen to go out and make stuff and you'll work hard at it, then I think, I think you'll be, you probably be all right in the creative industry. I, I guess for somebody looking to get into it, like we said earlier, the key is making stuff, uh, you know, building a portfolio. So skills like editing, maybe building up your, you know, how you film, learning how to uh, make better videos in essence. Yeah, certainly. Certainly. Those would be the, in terms of key skills. Yeah. Like understanding video editing software, being able to film, making stuff. It's just all, it's all practical. It's all on the practical. As long as you can kind of vaguely read and write and you can string a sentence together. And <laughs> that's great. But most of it is, yeah. It, can you make stuff? That's, that's what you're going to spend 95% of your time doing. So what's the, been the biggest positive for you um, doing this and, and building this agency? I think for me, it's just the variation. Like I am really project-based. Mm. So I get really excited about doing something, overseeing it, working on it, getting it finished. So, you know, building this new office and working with the team and builders and, you know, coming in on the weekends and painting it and screwing stuff together and building a studio. That's all super exciting to me or working on a particular project or getting to travel or, 
yeah, it, it, I'm just super project, you know, getting this new website and all the new branding and new advertising done. So for me, I'm a very project-based person and I just really enjoy the variation on kind of getting involved with different people and problem solving and going out. And I, I think that's it really. I think I really, really love working with the team I do and I love that I get a lot of autonomy, but I think the thing that really, really drives me is just the, it's just the randomness of it really. And on the flip side of that, what's something that's sort of less favorable about, you know, this whole journey you've been on? I think that it is quite emotionally draining. I think that a business, like, I think I was saying this to someone the other day, but you're often your own sort of personal issues that you might have or your kind of mental health or you know, your vulnerabilities as a human being, they're very separate to your work or you're able to keep them relatively separate or however else that might be. Mm. But I think when you're, a, when you're a business owner and you're running something like this, anything that I do to avoid something, um, for instance, I don't like conflict. I'm not, I, I just, that's one of my personal things. I'm just not a big fan of conflict. And, mm. and it's when I was particularly younger, I would just avoid it because I'd rather just kind of get along with people so just like human beings. Um, I think that when you cater to that and you cater to your own issues, that creates a ripple effect and then those come back and sort of bite you. Um, and I think it definitely on a lesser level that would happen as, as a team member, but as, M, as MD or founder of a business, you will definitely find that. So I think one of the most challenging things is sitting yourself down, really working out like, what are you good at? What are you not good at? Where do you add value? Where should you stay out of things? Um, what are the things that within yourself that you need to really work on? Because otherwise you're going to have other problems elsewhere. And I think that can be really challenging to deal with those in, in what ends up being like an almost relatively public setting in a, in a weird way, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, I think real answer that, that's probably been one of the most challenging things for me is sort of like, as I said, overcoming things like, you know, like not enjoying conflict and then me avoiding conflict and then that causing further issues. So, so kind of sitting yourself down and working through that stuff um, as well as just your kind of confidence and stuff. I think a lot of founders, they wouldn't like to admit it, but they suffer like a lot of imposter syndrome um, as I think a lot of people do when they start out in their careers, because they sort of feel like you have no idea what you're doing, but actually no one really knows what they're doing and everyone's kind of worried about what they're doing. So it's that's so true, isn't it? Literally nobody has any idea what they're doing most of the time. No, no, exactly. And even people on, on the top of their game, like, you know, the stuff is changing so rapidly, you're always learning. So people that come to the table and kind of pretend like they've got all the answers, um, I wouldn't worry about people, those people, they, they just don't. So, so yeah, so I think, so I think, yeah, that, that kind of stuff is, can be really challenging um, because nobody tells you about that or talks about that or teaches you how to you know, really deal with your mental health when you're younger. I think it's something we chat about a lot more. But now I think as uh, now that we're now, now, you know, my upbringing, I, I was never had mental health kind of spoken to me about. So in the last kind of five years, it's become an issue. So, so yeah. And for you, what do you think the future of content creation is looking like? Because I guess if you look at um, the evolution of the platforms, it seems to be that attention span is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. You know, we're even at the stage where we have TikTok, where if you don't catch people's attention within one or two seconds, you lose a view. Yeah, certainly. So I just think it depends on the platform, the value, because as much as attention span might seem like it's getting shorter, it's also getting longer. Like sometimes people sit down on a Saturday and they'll watch their favorite series in 10 hours straight. 
Um, and as you say, someone will go on TikTok sometimes and just flick through in three seconds. I think that the thing that, uh, I think advertisers say that, but I don't think that's necessarily entirely true. I just think we don't have people's undivided attention anymore because there's mm. always another option. There's always something else they could be doing. You're always competing. There's always another video, one scroll or one click away, which is a very, very, very different mentality to having five TV channels and that's it. So I think that the thing that a lot of advertisers and a lot of you know content creators don't like is that you you just there is just so it's so competitive and there are so many opportunities to be list, you know watching other content um you know right now somebody's listening to this they could be they've chosen this and there could be a million things they could be doing so so yeah in order to drive value you have to you have to kind of build the best content possible in order to keep hold of people's attention and that's that's going to become more and more competitive must be exhausting to be in that kind of industry where it's it's constant competition and just millions and millions of options right yeah definitely definitely it's it, 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 it's really good fun too i think it's um mm. it's certainly very high paced and and that doesn't suit everyone um but it's it, but it's really good fun that that's also happening because there's just so much to get excited about so how can somebody, once they're in this kind of industry, begin to progress? Um, so let's take the you know actual production team, the guys that are out there filming the, the, the videos that you're creating. How can somebody sort of progress within that world? So it comes back to that kind of, you know, what it's all down to what you make. And I think that the people that do best at perspective, and we've been doing performance reviews, um, in the performance reviews earlier this morning, so this is very, very relevant, very timely. <laughs> um, but the, the people that do best, I think, in these sorts of environments are ones that really own their projects. So, and this is for progression within a business or to move on elsewhere. Mm. Um, because I think when you really own your projects and you really own your work um, and you make stuff that's really brilliant, it's very easy to take that work and then use that to then get more sort of you know better projects in your agency or better projects elsewhere or better jobs or whatever you know I was, I was working with one of our creatives and I said to her, I was really impressed because I asked her to edit together on new showreel and I'd already kind of put together a very vague structure with some text and stuff in it um, and I came back to it like three days later to check in with her and she like ripped out the music I'd used because she didn't think it was good enough she put in some new music way better she made it much pacier she'd taken the, the just bits of text i put in as placeholder and hadn't asked us to graphics and put graphic motion graphics in there and just took it to a whole another level that i hadn't really thought about because i just hadn't thought about it in that, that level of depth mm. and it's brilliant and you know when we were all, all watching it there on the friday you know we watched it together and everyone got really excited and everyone's kind of cheering and stuff and clapping for it when they watched it and and for her that's fantastic because it gives her a more sort of more power to her, you know, as, a, as an individual and as a creator and more confidence and within the, the perspective, she's able to then use that to prove, you know, that she should be put on other exciting projects like the one. And, and two, if she, if she moves on to, to, to another work, you know, you know, next year, she decides that she, she wants to move or go to a bigger agency or whatever. She's then got pieces of work like that in her arsenal that she can say, look, this is, you know, this is the kind of stuff, uh, stuff I made. And every time you do a project like that and you push it to that next level, I know that she specifically learned a After Effects thing to, to make this text explode and bounce around. Um, and she spent time learning it so that she could then implement it. So, you know, off the back of that one project, she's, you know, she's, she's better proven how good she is. She's got a great piece of her portfolio and she's learned stuff, yeah. um, 
which equally, and it would have been no nothing wrong with it. I wouldn't have been frustrated. She could have done exactly what I'd asked for, just to the brief, um, and then showed me it, and I might have gone, oh, this is, yeah, this is great, thanks. So, so it's above and beyond, basically. Exactly, exactly. It's it, just absolutely owning your projects and your work, because it, it really reflects you. It really reflects on you. And would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, making, you know, to wanted to uh, to make sure I don't get the wrong answer. But no, I think so. I think it's really awesome. I think um, I generally follow, try and follow the path of least resistance to where I want to get to. Mm. So I wanted to make videos of my mates, but when I realised that I wasn't going to do that by becoming a Hollywood director, ironically, um, not that I could have become one, but 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 realizing that that wasn't going to be where I wanted to go with it, um, meant that I could switch up quite quickly. So no, I think I, I love this, love what I do, and I, I really enjoy working in this industry. But I think that if you come into it, you could probably assess relatively quickly whether or not it's right for you. Um, in which case, if it isn't, then then I would look at switching to something that is is right for you. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Rupert. And um, it's been really interesting to hear about perspective pictures and, and how you got into it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for having me and um, listening to my ranting. I hope uh, <laughs> it's been somewhat helpful. Uh, also, for anyone that, that is out there looking for looking for a role, please, um, in video, you've got a great portfolio, please get in touch. We're always looking for, for new, new and exciting talent. And where can people find you? Instagram or your website or... Yeah, if you just go to our website, perspectivepictures.com, um, you'll see on there on the careers page, there's a careers at perspectivepictures.com email address. Um, and even if there's not a role on there that that sort of would suit you, um, you know, send your, send your stuff and send us some of the, the work you've done. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take a look over it and keep it on file. And, you know, that's how we find the human beings to do the work that we get in. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks for coming on, Rupert. Thanks very much.